best friends forever. Until one host says something wrong about the other host's favorite character. Why would you say such a thing? Talking all things supernatural and sci-fi television, it's Talking TV with Liz and Lindy. Greetings, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Talking TV with Liz and Lindy. I'm Liz. And I'm Lindy. And we are bringing you another recap of The Walking Dead, continuing our coverage of the show for the seventh season. And I'm not really sure where to start with this one. I have conflicted feelings, and I know we talked about this before, Lindy, but I didn't like the episode as I was watching it. I like it more now that I'm I'm reading more about it, but I still felt like some of it was unnecessary. And I know you have some pretty strong feelings about that. Yeah. I mean, I, the episode was good. Any walking dead episode is good. The actors are amazing. And you know, the directing is always spot on. Um, but I just felt like a whole 90 minutes trying to get this crazy bad guy and has completely lost all control. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it was unnecessary and it felt drawn out and I don't think it needed to be 90 minutes. And if they had to have a 90 minute episode, then I wish they would have spent part of it maybe at Hilltop or back at the kingdom or something. It just felt like too in our face trying to prove that Negan is this terrible person. I just, I don't know. What did you think? I was starting to get annoyed a little bit at, um, not annoyed, but I felt like they were, uh, they were just kind of showing Negan almost a little bit too much. Like the way that he does his whole swagger thing and like bites his lip, like that's scary to me in, in little bits. But the fact that they just, it was like in every single scene and it's like, oh my God, okay, we get it. And then he kept having these, it just seemed overdone. Right. There's no kind of like lure or mystery or anything to his character because it's almost like they're pushing it too much. And I think we only say that because we expect like pure insane excellence from the show. I mean, that we're even being critical about this. Um, I don't know. I want to be like, I loved Negan in the first episode and then this past one um, that featured Daryl and everything. But this one just seemed like overkill. I would have liked, even if they spent the whole time in Alexandria, if Negan had left after like the first maybe half or three-fourths of the show and then we spent more time seeing uh, Rick's interactions with others after Negan left. Because I think that is really what the point of the episode was supposed to be. I mean, yeah, Negan came calling. We saw that, you know, his first trip to Alexandria, um, Rick was totally compliant, and that's great. But I think that more of the episode should have been spent on um, seeing the other characters and how they reacted to this new agreement now that they've all been placed into because Rick said so. I mean, they got themselves into the situation to begin with because of Rick's leadership call in his decision to totally slaughter all of these saviors. Um, and I think I can't think of him as anything, uh, but the guy from 
what am I thinking? One Tree Hill. I forgot. Spencer. Julian. Julian. Julian was his name in One Tree Hill. I know. Me too. I'm almost like, I just feel like he's, he just is not right in this role. And I, he just freaking sucks anyways. He's so whiny. And I feel like he's def, he's going to turn against them. He's going to do something to turn against them because they continue to make it very clear he doesn't trust Rick. And I, see, the more we talk about it, the more I like this episode because I feel like they're, they're, I, it could have been 30 minutes less. Let's be real. Like they could, didn't need to go the extra length. But I like this episode because it kept showing what everyone else thinks about the situation. And I think needed, Negan needed to be there in order for that point to be made. Everyone else needed to see why Rick was so scared. And the fact that they came in and took all their guns, which um, is not in the comics. They do not take the guns in the comics. And then they took, uh, you know, the mattresses and Michonne saw the mattresses burning like in the middle of the road at the end. Just prove that they're just like dicks. And I think everyone needed to, I think we needed to see that everyone in Alexandria knew they were assholes, but is also terrified of them. Because if yeah. we didn't have Negan there, it just would have been this whole, well, Rick, why'd you do that? Let's fight against him, blah, 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 blah. And then it, I just, I think it was good because it showed that everyone else saw and knew that they needed to be scared of him. Yeah. I agree, but I, I do think that Spencer had a point, though, when he um, yelled at Rick, like, yeah, this is what we asked for. You're, you know, Rick acted like he was, like, God's gift to man when he came in there. Like, you guys can't need me, which to an extent was kind of true. They didn't really know how to protect themselves outside of the gates. But Rick is kind of the reason that they're all in this mess now, not to say Negan wouldn't have on Alexandria anyway and forced them to comply with his rule or whatever. But, I mean, Rick is the ringleader, and he is partially to blame. So I think, you know, we saw Carl kind of get shitty with his dad and be like, you know, we can't let them do this. Michonne's about to go off the handle. She's the one that I'm worried about is really going to either get killed or screw stuff up. Or she's going to be the one that sets everything into motion, the fight against Negan, because I don't know. I, I think Michonne is the key to getting Rick or the other Alexandrians to start moving towards defeating Negan or at least getting in that mindset. Is she pissed? Yeah. yeah, she's pissed, and rightfully so. And I agree with you. Rick did kind of put this all on themselves. But what I think this will show is that uh, – it'll show who is actually loyal to him and who isn't. And what's what they're already starting to unfold, especially with this episode is seeing who will follow Rick, no matter what. And they can't really trust him right now. And well, I'm not trusting in that he doesn't have their best interests at heart. Just trust that, you know, he'll continue to protect them. He know they know that Rick is doing what he can right now because he doesn't want Negan to kill them. But if I'm, someone in Alexandria and I haven't seen half of what all these other people in the apocalypse have seen, especially Rick and co. And I see Negan offering all this up, you know, I'm going to do whatever Negan says. I'm not going to do whatever Rick says. So even if Rick does get the balls to go up against him, I'm not going, I'm probably, if I'm an Alexandrian, I'm probably not going to join with Rick 
because every time he's done something, it's fucked shit up. So I think that it's definitely going to show it'll his, his fall from grace is not done yet because he's going to start to see that even the Alexandrians aren't on his side anymore. Like he truly has lost everything. He's lost the support of the people he was put in charge of and he's, you know, lost his possessions. He's lost, um, you know, ownership of and control of his life. So I think he's truly lost everything. And I, I kind of don't know where they're going with all of this. And I'm just, I like that though, because I'm like, Ooh, I usually, I can theorize and sense, Oh, this will probably happen because X, X and X. Like I have no idea how, a am even going to root for Rick again or what's going to happen in order for him to think, Hey, we can really go up against him and me actually, you know, be pumped about it. I don't know what's going to happen. I trust him, but I don't know what's going to happen. And by them, I mean the writers. (laughs) Right. So I wanted to ask your opinion about a couple of different things from the episode. One was, um, Daryl, because we obviously saw Rick, you know, he wanted Daryl back. Negan said Daryl can speak his case or something and try to convince me, and he didn't say anything. What do you think the significance of that scene was and the reason that he kept his mouth shut? Like, does he have some grand plan? Um, did he think that if he spoke up that Negan would hurt somebody? Like, why? What was that all about? Wait, which scene where he didn't speak up? Well, uh, Negan... Rick asked for Daryl to stay and Negan oh, said, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why Daryl didn't speak up. Right. Right. Um, I think it's either something as simple as they're like not ruffling the feathers in the slightest, <laughs> you know, Daryl's just like, shut the fuck up and just let me get through this or otherwise someone else is going to get killed. And he's just like over everything or, um, you know, Negan has kind of threatened Daryl even more so than what we already think. Okay. Um, or, you know, Daryl sees that Rick isn't even in control. And maybe this is why uh, Negan brought Daryl there to see that Nick isn't, to see that Nick. I did it again. Didn't I call them Nick last week? Negan yeah. and Rick? Gosh. <laughs> awesome. I did it again. Okay. Negan might have brought Daryl to Alexandria so Daryl could see that Rick doesn't even have Alexandria under control. Rick is quote unquote Negan now. And I think Negan believes that Daryl needs to see that in order to fully convert to the dark side, if you will, because, mm-hmm. you know, Rick is his right. Rick is his leader. And if yeah. his leader's bowing to him, then what the heck is Daryl even standing up for? So I think that maybe might've been the point that he was trying to prove to Daryl, but I'm not really sure why Daryl didn't say anything. Or I was thinking for a hot minute, I was like, Ooh, what if like Negan actually cut out his tongue and we don't even know yet. You, you're sick. Well, I'm just saying that's some shit they would do. I'm just saying I'm, I'm going there. Okay. I'm trying to think how much darker they could go. Okay. And then I wanted to also ask you about, um, Dwight, because in the previous episode, we started to feel a little bit bad for Dwight. We got his backstory and it seemed like the writers were trying to make us kind of have some compassion for Dwight, which led us to think that at some point he's going to go against Negan and maybe help Daryl and the others, um, which I still think he will do. I still think because of that episode, we're going to see Dwight change his allegiance. 
However, they made him be such a little asshole in this episode. I was very confused. Like, why didn't they just give him no role so that we didn't have... I mean, it just seemed weird that they they had an episode where we felt bad for him. And it was like, we're on our way to seeing a change of character in Dwight. And then in this episode, he was a little shit again. I'm just confused what they're doing with his character and how they want us to feel about him. Well, I think... I don't know. I, to me, it's, you know, and this is me just kind of off the cuff trying to, like, figure it out. I think they're showing these backstories because of these other characters like Dwight, because it shows that he has been through a ton of shit, just like Rick and Co. But Rick and Co. are still good people. You know, at least they're trying to be, aside of the fact that they just went into the Saviors and, like, straight up murdered all of them. But... They haven't truly lost her humanity, and someone like Dwight, who's been through all this shit, he's become a piece of shit. He's just like let it. You know what I mean? Like he's just let it over. He let it consume him. And I think the point is to show that no matter how hard this world gets, we don't have to act the way we act. And that's the constant, you know, theme of the show, right? Like how far do we have to go in order to actually live a life that's worth living? And what Dwight's decided is, well, a life worth living. And he keeps reminding Daryl, you know, just say the word, just say the word, and you don't have to suffer anymore. You know, the life worth living now is the one that Negan puts in place. Whereas at one point, Rick promised otherwise. And so it's just, you know, maybe it's going to show, like, maybe to prove that Rick and everybody are, that we should still like them because they haven't become Dwight. Because after what happened with them going in and murdering all of Negan's people, our big, especially me and you in our podcast, what we kept talking about was, should we even like Rick anymore? Like that was, he didn't need to do that. He just heard something from Hilltop about how this Negan guy was a douche and was like, okay, let's go murder like 20 of his people. Right. You know? And so we've, we beat that, uh, that debate into the ground, but I, maybe that's why they're showing this to show that, Dwight's still an asshole or he chose to be an asshole. Whereas, you know, someone like Maggie or, you know, of course, Glenn chose to still try and hold on to some form of humanity in this new world that they, that they live in. I don't right. know. Yeah. That's I mean, really, on a tangent there, but I don't know. I'm just, I hadn't thought about that before. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. And I think there was significance in seeing Rick, threatened Spencer for bringing up Abraham and Glenn um, just to show us that he has a little bit of fire in him still. And I'd like to think that Rick has a plan in the back of his mind, I would hope. But I also don't understand why they don't just leave. I understand that Alexandria is this beautiful community and, you know, they haven't had anything like that for so long, but it's not a safe place anymore. So I'm kind of confused. And I think I've asked you this before, you know, why... Don't the people that want to leave just freaking leave? I mean, I just don't get don't get it. Well, we talked about this last week, and I think you know I I still agree with what my response was to you last week, and that they can't leave. They've tried to leave. Negan won't let them leave. You know, he's at every possible turn. They didn't know. Like we, Negan had no idea. You know, at least we thought that. Rick was trying to leave to take Maggie to go to Hilltop, but he had people watching. He will always have people watching and he'll know where they are. And at least, or at least he's proved that point. 
So there's nowhere for them to really go. And they can't bring all those people with them. They can't bring, and I think maybe they'll start to have that. That'll be the conversation in upcoming episodes with everyone saying, well, why are we here? And they'll say, well, where are we going to go? We can't leave. We don't have any weapons now. So it's not like we can defend ourselves. And even if we did, they're all probably out there and they're probably going to hunt us down because now they're counting on us to supply them with things they need to live. So it's not like they're just going to let it go. That's like, this is a horrible, horrible, really bad example. I probably shouldn't even bring up, but I'm going to, but I mean, look at slavery, you know, when slaves would leave their plantation, they, the owners didn't like that. The slave owners, because they were losing their labor. And that's kind of what this situation is. I mean, Negan is treating them like slaves. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, and really all they've known to do is fight. So I think they're going to have to fight at some point and they're going to join up with all the other groups. But I want to also see what you think about the scene at the end with Rosita and Eugene, because Rosita was obviously hiding a gun and went to ask Eugene about the bullets, which we should have seen that coming because we should have known there was a significance in seeing Eugene talk about making bullets last season. I didn't see it, that coming, but um, what do you think about that? And what do you, what are you guessing Rosita's role is going to be in everything? Because she had a pretty big part in this last episode. Yeah, she did. And I think that it's good. They brought up him making bullets again, because I kind of forgot about it. And like you, I just thought, Oh yeah, duh. That's why they brought that up last season and why it's such a big deal. Um, I think that even if he does start making bullets, they need to have guns. Like if she has one gun, what the heck yeah. is that going to do? Yeah. You know? And how the heck long does it take to get bullets? And how are they going to get over to that? Doesn't he have to go to that place to make them? Yeah. And that place is probably loud as shit. Did you remember all that like machinery? That there? You know what it looked like in there? It reminded me of the scene in um, uh, Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, it's been a while, but yes. You know where he gets caught at the end? And I'm not going to say spoiler alert because this movie's been out for like 12 years. But at the end where he's at that little town in France that his mom grew up in with like the old school presses where he's hand making or hand stamping all the different checks. Like that's what that room looked like. That would be loud as shit. If Negan wasn't going to catch them making bullets there, a whole crowd of walkers was going to. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting to see how much of a backseat the walkers have taken because everything is kind of about humans, humans, um, in this season at least. So that's very interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked the episode. I'm excited to see how all of the groups get joined together. You know how I feel about one week, one group of people, the next week, another group of people. I don't really like that kind of storytelling. Um not that the season's been bad so far. I just am ready for everything to be connected in some way so that we can, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about all of it. All I know is that Ezekiel and the Hilltop and Alexandria need to hurry up and have a little connection there. I like how they set up, you know, how Maggie will play a part since they totally lied about her dying. Um, I don't know. How do you think it's all going to come together? Dude, well, I'm, 
I can't really say because I've read spoilers about what happens in the comics because I'm a spoiler whore. Um, but what I will say is that it's what they're doing in the show is a little bit different. So I really don't know. I think, uh, I don't know because with what's going, I mean, and even what's going with, I was always against you saying, well, there becomes all the storylines get so disjointed and I hate when that happens. And I'm always like, Wendy, trust them. You're being so negative. But right now I'm like, Carol and Ezekiel are in a whole other world. We haven't seen Jesus in like who knows how long. And then we have Alexandria. Then we have the saviors. So I'm just kind of sitting here like, uh, what? I don't really know what's happening. I feel like I have so much to keep up with that I can't, I can't really like put form a theory right now because I had, I'd have to like, fucking whiteboard every single sub story going on in order to come up with some sort of theory. And that's exactly what I was just about to say. There's too much to think about. Like as soon as I think about like, Oh, how is, you know, is Maggie's baby? Okay. Is she going to have the baby? Is she going to, what role is she going to play in Hilltop? Oh, and how are they going to find out? How is Carol going to get reconnected and what's her relationship with Ezekiel that was weird and then what's Daryl's what's going on in Daryl's mind and you know Michonne what's she about to do and what's the thing with the bullets and it's like okay how the hell does this all come together I mean I like having to think about but uh, like I said I just get worried when things get a little bit disjointed um, I just want to know how they're going to communicate these different communities um, about coming together to fight against Negan. Like, are they going to send a raven? They're so spread out right now. Logistically, <laughs> how's it going to work, okay? Um, like somebody on horseback run a letter to each of the communities, old school style. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I wouldn't say everything's disjointed yet, though. I just say there's a lot going on, and they did warn us and say that the world just got a whole lot bigger. So I... I'm respecting the fact that they're making our world a whole lot better, bigger. Things are not disjointed yet, though. They're setting everything up. So we need to, we needed to see how each community is doing right now before we kind of see how they come together. So now we know Alexandria State. They have no beds, no guns, and pretty much no hope. <laughs> then you have, then you yeah. have um, the kingdom where there's, you know, Shiva, everyone's living super, like, a naive life. They don't know what the heck's going on. Ezekiel's, like, bringing on this burden by himself. Then we have Hilltop, which we haven't gotten an update on in a while, and I'm assuming that Maggie's there and they're, like, trying to help the baby or, you know, hopefully she didn't lose the baby. Um, they're trying to figure that out. So I think I feel like next week maybe they're going to f- give us a glimpse or focus in on Hilltop so we can have a whole understanding of, okay, this is how all the different organizations work right now. And last week we even got, or not organizations, communities. Last week we even got insight into what the Savior's compound looks like too. So that seems to be a theme with these last few episodes. We're seeing what every single community is like right now and how it's ran. That way, Lindy, you can get your answer as to how logistically this revolution will happen. Boom! I just have no patience, but I want to real quick before we finish. Wait, wait, you don't have any patience? You have no, no patience? No. 
I have no patience and I get critical and I just want things the way I want them. Okay. I didn't know that at all. I had no idea. Listen, I just like criticizing things, but, um, <laughs> no, it's just because I expect like a lot out of walking dead. And I, re- the, my least favorite part of walking dead was after the prison, when they were all split up, it annoyed me so much going back and forth between different storylines. That's well, the only that three thing. fucking seasons ago, and you just need to get over it and trust the writers because your mind has been blown the last two seasons, and Never. you need to start theorizing optimistically instead of thinking of every worst possible scenario, okay? More fun. So much more fun. Anybody Whatever. listening to this podcast, comment and say, do you like my negative approach? It's not even negative. It's just critical. Or do you like Liz's glass half full? Boring. So boring. It's not boring. I like to legitimize myself as an expert, not one of those, like, podcasters that just bitches about everything. Are you calling me a bitch? No, I said what you're doing is bitching about it because you're not trusting the writers. I told you if they screw with us, we will tell them. Like, season four – that freaking sucked, and I hope that they kept with their theme and hiring a new writer's team every single year because it's just like, no, it was silly, and I didn't like it, and it was poorly done. But we have to trust them now. The world is a whole lot bigger, and yeah. that's what the promo poster said, Lindy. I trust the graphic designers that put that on the promo poster. <laughs> this has escalated quickly, so I want to talk real quick. things have been really serious in the real real world here in America with all the election stuff so I just wanted to say one ask you one really important question yes Um, who do you think what Walking Dead character do you think would make the best president of the United States oh god that's such a good one see we can this is actually this is a great um, this is a great lesson for all you listeners right now because look Lindy and I don't agree but we're working together <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me think. The best president? Oh, hands down, Maggie. Maggie oh Lee all day. Yes, I agree. I think her and Michonne and, uh, uh, yeah, her and Michonne would be like the most badass team. Which presidential candidate in the real world do you think would survive longest in the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh God. Gary Johnson has to be out because he would be so high the whole time that he would just, he would just be too high to survive in my opinion. So that leaves us with, and I don't know. What do you think? Well, first of all, Gary Johnson would be the weed guy. So we'd have to stay alive. And because, (laughs) you know, marijuana was just made legal in a couple more States. I think that definitely Gary Johnson would be alive for a little bit as long as he was taking care of the crops. I think that the person that would survive, uh, uh, see, I, I want to say Trump because it then it'd be like, oh, he could just do whatever he wants and blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. I feel like you got to be a little bit more manipulative in the zombie apocalypse. I feel like maybe Hillary would have survived a little bit longer because she could have pulled like a carol, you know, like played the innocent act. Oh, yeah, she could have done that. See, I I picked Trump because I think he built a really great wall around. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
You've been, you've been, how long have you been holding that joke in? I just want to know. About a week. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Well, that's it. Oh my God. That's it, everyone. We're signing off. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) (laughs) Tweet us and tell us who you think would die the quickest in the zombie apocalypse, Lindy or Liz. Oh. Everyone knows that you would die before me, for sure. But everyone also knows that I would have to do something to, you know, just make sure that you would survive. And, I mean, we do argue over our fandom. But you know what, Lindy? You know what? I would take a head bashing for you. I would. Well, actually, no. I wouldn't do that. I'd I'd have my arm chopped off. I wouldn't get my head bashed in. Yeah. Okay. Would you chop my leg off for me if there was, like a risk of infection like Herschel? I mean, I guess, but I'd have to think about it for a little bit because then you'd make me do everything for you because you'd be like, I can't walk over there. And then it's like, oh, I got to find you a wheelchair and make you some crutches. So, but I still do it, but I just want you to know that I would, I would be aware of everything that comes after it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I think we should end there before things get even weirder. So you guys just, Send us your thoughts and predictions on the show because, you know, we have some mixed feelings, although we love it. And, I mean, ultimately, it's amazing, the show and where it's going. We're really excited. So send us a tweet at peer underscore fandom or peer fandom on Facebook or Instagram. And let us know what you think so far about the season, what you think is going to happen, and who would survive longer in the apocalypse, me or Liz. And, um, yeah, I can't wait till next week when we see Hilltop and uh, can see what's going on with Maggie. I think we got everything. Yeah, make sure you check us out on Facebook and Instagram at pure underscore fandom and check us out on, or I'm sorry, on Twitter and Instagram at pure underscore fandom and check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash be pure fandom. And if you want to write for us, go to purefandom.com right now. We're bringing on a slew of amazing writers and we'd love for you to join. I think that's it. Until next time, capes out.